Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Glad to have you here with us today. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. Uh, this is going to be an episode that's filled with uh, energy, laughter, charisma that uh, just comes from being on stage for a decade. See, today we're going to be changing it up. We're going to have uh, one of our own coaches and uh, speakers inside the Speaker Lab, uh, Miss Brittany Richmond, who's going to be interviewing a couple of her professional speaking friends, Matt and Phil of MP Presentations. Now, Matt and Phil are a speaking duo out there that are changing students lives, both in their full-time work and their local school systems, but also in their careers as speakers. And so in the conversation today, we're often going to talk about the the tips and tricks. And, and while Matt and Phil are certainly going to share those, we're also going to dig into the realities of, of saying no to gigs, overcoming failure and challenges, and just the importance of staying true to your niche or interest areas. So we're, uh, we're hoping that this episode really does shed some light on the glamorous, the non-glamorous aspects of speaking, and uh, also give you a little bit to laugh about in the process. So hope you enjoy this. And uh, we look forward to you uh, jumping in. Enjoy this uh, conversation with Matt and Phil. What's up, y'all? Brittany Richmond here with the Speaker Lab, and I am so excited to be here with y'all tonight. This is going to be an exceptionally amazing episode, so get ready to take all the notes because it's literally going to change your life. It's going to be nothing but gold. I'm serious. You're going to run out and be like, I want to be like Matt and Phil. And I'm going to let them do all the talking as to who they are and what they do. But I'm so excited because they're great friends of mine. We've met on the speaking trail this past year. And I was like, they've got to be on the Speaker Lab podcast because they're fantastic humans. and I love everything they do. So welcome to the Speaker Lab podcast, Matt Makovich and Phil Janiszewski. I'm super excited to have you guys here. Welcome, friends. We are just so excited to be here, Brittany. We are beyond appreciative. We are beyond grateful. Phil and I have been talking about this all day, sending each other messages, happy emojis, you name it, it has been covered. Wouldn't you say, Phil? A lot of happy emojis today. We're super excited to be here, Brittany. This is a big deal to me. I've been listening to the Speaker Lab podcast for a long time and to be able to step into the ring with the one, the only, the giant smiling Matt Makovich, it's pretty. It's a pretty big honor. <laughs> I'm so I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. So before we get started and we dive into y'all individually and together, um, the world wants to know, and it could be two different things. And I feel like y'all know mine, but we really need to know what your walkout song is on stage. Like, what's the song that you're walking out to when you come on stage, friends? We got to know. <gasps> Matt, oh my what is, goodness! When uh, when you int- when you're introducing me, what what song do you usually have playing in the background? Do you remember? I think it's usually "Highway to Hell." Uh, when <laughs> Phil comes out onto the stage, I make sure. So, 
as much as the introduction is about Phil, I need to pick my music that would get me jacked up to mm-hmm. introduce Phil. And ever sure. since yes. I was young, there was there was a wrestling pay-per-view. It was SummerSlam 1998, live from Madison Square Garden, and the theme was Highway to Hell. Whenever I hear ACDC's Highway to Hell, I could run through a brick wall, and I thought there's no song more fitting to introduce my very best friend than Highway to Hell. I love that. I love that. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, Phil, what is Matt's walkout song when he comes out then? And when... I get to get pumped to introduce my best friend, the whole wide world. I'm unleashing my inner sixth grade angry boy, and it's Rage Against the Machines Bulls on Parade. So that's what I use when I introduce my brother Matt here. So probably not great start to the podcast on song suggestions for our (laughs) listeners. (laughs) No, it is. It's so good. I ask people walkout songs and they kind of look at me like, what do you mean walkout song? I'm like, oh my goodness, friends. Like you've got to have a walkout song. Obviously mine is the breakfast club theme song, right? Don't you forget about me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's fabulous. I love it. I love it. So obviously you two are here on the podcast together. You're a speaking duo. That's not something we typically see out in the speaking world. So that's like something I wanted to touch on tonight. But also you two work full-time jobs and also do this on top of that, a speaker and account or a teacher and a counselor. So, and I'm a former counselor myself, Matt. I know we talked about that, but I really wanted to kind of dive into those two things today. So before we do that, tell us a little bit about each of you individually. Phil, we'll start with you. You know, who are you? What do you do? Give us the high level and why you do this. Absolutely. Thanks, Brittany. So Phil Januszewski here. By day, I'm a chemistry and physics high school teacher. This is my 19th school year in a public school in the southwest suburbs of Chicago. And by night, I'm one half of the dynamic duo we like to call ourselves as M&P Presentations, LLC. Matt and I love to speak to youth about building up their self-confidence. And once you open that gate, that portal to being more comfortable with yourself, We truly wholeheartedly believe that a lot of other things start falling into place. We start taking bigger, healthier risks that allow us to grow and learn. We're more willing to be our genuine organic selves, which is going to attract other like-minded people that we can find our group, find our people and take over the world in a positive way. So, and everything we do always stems then back to like a positive mindset that Life is good, even though there's challenges, but how can we make the best of this time we have on this planet? So it's been an absolute rush. We love doing it. And having the balance of being an educator and a professional speaker is really cool because, as Matt would agree, you become better at your job, your regular everyday job, because you're a speaker. But because of our jobs, we also relate better as speakers because we're with youth all the time. So mm-hmm. it works hand in hand and it's super inspiring. But that's me in a quick, quick nutshell. Love it. Love it. Oh, so excited. The students probably love you. They're probably like, oh, my God, I love Mr. Mm-hmm. Phil. What do they call you? Do they call you Mr. Phil? What uh, do they call you? <laughs> Mr. J. No one wants to say Januszewski. It's just <laughs> too long. Love it. Love it. All right, Matt, tell us all the things about yourself, friend, former counselor to counselor. Tell me all the things. 
Absolutely, Brittany. Well, first of all, I'm 37 years old, born and raised southwest side of Chicago, Illinois. It is my 16th year in education, and I'm lucky enough to be a full-time high school counselor. Absolutely love my job, love the ripples of positivity you could make on a daily basis when you use your time effectively and appropriately. I feel like you could create so many positive waves of change. And when I'm not working full-time in a school, I am a running junkie. I love ultra running. I love being a father. I love being a husband. I love going around this wonderful country with my best bud, Phil, here, speaking about the ordinary being extraordinary. And my greatest takeaway that I always have when I'm speaking publicly is the fact that Phil and I, 10 years ago, had a small, small vision over what we wanted our speaking journey to turn into. And fast forward 10 years by being authentic, organic, and genuine with our message, we are two ordinary guys who turned out doing extraordinary things to audiences around the country. And we're living proof to people that if you stick with something, if you're natural, genuine, and organic about your message, the sky is the limit. And you could turn an ordinary idea into something truly extraordinary. I love it. And I've, I know that's your message. I've had the privilege of seeing y'all speak at an event and I was like, ah, just massive, massive respect for what both of you do. And like I said, we don't typically see duos that speak together. Not really. So how did you guys come together versus like doing this separately? Yeah, that's a great question. A common question too. We were both working with a leadership style retreat in our school and Matt and I work in the same building Long story short, they needed someone for a general session, like hour-long speaker. They didn't have the funds to hire anybody else, so they were just looking for someone in-house. They said, anybody have anything positive to say, anything at all? Matt and I, on opposite ends of the room, both raised our hands. Matt and I worked together but didn't really know each other that well. But as you know, Brittany, when you volunteer anywhere, church, school, whatever, they're like, perfect, just figure it out. Make sure we don't get in trouble. Do something nice. We two work together. So I think Matt and I probably had the idea that we would do it ourselves, and then they just paired us together. We got together, realized that we had a lot of similar points of view of life on how to live our life happy, healthy, and to the fullest. And even though we're very different people, uh, we definitely overlap in that area of our lives. And we both love to entertain people, lift them up, and we took it really seriously presented at the leadership conference had so much fun. We said, I think this is actually something that can bring value to people, help them. And it's totally filling us up. Let's see if anybody else would be crazy enough to let us do it. And then it caught like wildfire from there. Now it's been over 10 years. We're coming up on 11 years here, February, 2024. Mm. And it's just been going and growing and we're grateful for the journey. I love it. I love it. Matt, anything you want to add to that? Anything? It has just been, uh, Brittany, it started legitimately with a friend of ours recording our presentation straight onto DVD. We made 50 copies and literally snail mailed it out to school districts across the state of Illinois. And I think maybe two or three got back to us. And after we made those connections with two or three, uh, things snowballed and the rest is history. I love it. I love it. And I, this is so exciting. I'm going to brag on all three of us for a second. We're actually going to be at the same event, you know, this coming year together. You guys are going to be emceeing at an event in Tennessee and I'll be keynoting there. I'm so excited to work together to serve youth. I mean, I know that that's 
just so near and dear to our hearts. So my question is like, why youth? Like you guys obviously have a message and an energy that could really translate to a lot of different audiences, but you, you want to stick with youth. You work with youth full time anyway. Is that why, or is there a special connection there? A reason that you didn't step into necessarily the corporate space or other industries within the speaking world? I think that us being in the education system and having experience with youth, it was a natural thing for us to go into. That was the people we worked with closely, we had the most experience with. And as Matt and I were sitting in these leadership conferences, we started to see incredible speakers that had incredible stories, incredible highs, and some really struggling, difficult lows. And Matt and I said, those are incredible amazing stories. Uh, But we're kind of the guys that we always felt like we were lucky enough to just kind of be stuck in the middle. We were, we just lived our lives and kind of followed what we were supposed to. And we said that it would be kind of cool to have a message to remind people that you don't have to necessarily go through the deepest valleys or the highest mountains to truly value and appreciate your life. And we felt really called to share that with youth. And 10 years ago already, the boom of social media was getting bigger. Comparison syndrome was getting even bigger. And we just wanted to help people kind of level the playing field and realize that you don't have to save a human from a burning building to be a hero. Though, that's amazing if you do that. Right. But that's that's a weird circumstance that just kind of happens. But you can be a hero to yourself and others by being a good human, taking care of yourself. And that's why we really fell into that tagline, as Matt mentioned, of how the ordinary is extraordinary. When we really start to dig in to the beautiful things of everyday life, there's really a lot to be grateful for and a lot of impact we can make. But Matt, besides that, anything else about working with youth or why we're not in the corporate world, anything like that? I would say wholeheartedly that Phil and I each had very positive high school experiences. And and through those positive high school experiences, I know that we both made mistakes. I know that I personally had moments that I wish I could take back that were embarrassing, maybe not the best version of myself. And I would truly say, though, that over the past 10 years, being able to be transparent about those moments have been the most empowering where you could evoke an emotional reaction from an audience where they could see a grown man admitting these strange, embarrassing, Mm -hmm. weird things that he did or that he encountered and almost feel empowered by that self-deprecation. And Phil and I are, are so comfortable in our own skin at this point that we love being open, honest, and authentic with embarrassing, awkward stories in hopes that it could brighten somebody else's day to let them know that those moments don't define us, but we end up defining those moments. Yes. And that we're not alone because we all have those moments, right? Especially young people today. They, they, I mean, when I speak to students, I'm like, it's so, it's more acceptable today to be fake than authentic. And I think that there's, there's so much power and vulnerability and just being yourself and living that out loud. And I love what you guys said about, you know, you don't have this knockdown drag out stuck on a mountain for a year, had to chew your own arm off to get off the side, you know, 72 (laughs) hours, all the things. Right. And I think that, you know, not that those stories aren't amazing or inspiring, but we hear people all the time that come to the speaker lab specifically, and they're like, I don't have this amazing story. Like, I don't have this amazing thing. Like, why would anybody care what I have to say? So hearing what y'all are saying and, and having that, like, what piece of advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about becoming a speaker, but they're like, I don't have this massive, crazy story. So would anybody care what I have to say? Mm. 
I would say that as as and I know Brittany, you've mentioned this before, right? And Rory Vaden says it a lot too. Mm-hmm. But you're always you're in the best position to serve the person you just were or where you 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 know mm-hmm. you used to be. And I think that that's where we came from. We don't have those amazing stories, but our regular everyday life is relatable. And when you're relatable and you lead by trying to serve, trying to sincerely help others, I think people see that your message is authentic and it's inspiring just because it is relatable that you're an everyday person. And that sometimes that I feel makes a bigger impact on me than someone that is so many miles ahead of me that I think, you know, that's, that's amazing. That's great. But when I hear someone that's just a few steps ahead of me, I feel like Mm -hmm. that's even more empowering. So to those people that are considering that, you know, what value do I have to bring to the world? Your experiences, if you can give someone a little bit behind you a shortcut to get to where you are, I think that's super valuable. And Mm -hmm. I would also say too that we love to push on to our audiences is the importance of chasing your why not. Whether you're a student in the audience, whether you're a potential speaker trying to break into the business, you have to chase what you want to pursue. And and if you don't take that first step, you never know the impact that you could make. And I heard such a great line from Eric Bischoff in another podcast, who's an entrepreneur in the sports entertainment industry, where he used the term that comfort is nothing but a thief. And I feel like if you get comfortable sitting back and never taking that plunge into the unknown to chase what you want to, that comfort will take away all these experiences of growth and learning that you never thought you would have had the chance to encounter throughout your journey. Mm. Oh, I agree. I agree. And I often like tell people who are like aspiring speakers and like, they get all in their head about it, you know, all, all these different questions. And I'm like, let's take it off of us for a second and turn it on to our audience, right? And every day you choose not to get this message out there, someone's missing your message that needed it. I mean, who were you when you needed your message, right? Now think about that person today. So there's so much power in what you're saying. And thank goodness y'all stepped into this space, especially together. It's amazing how the universe does that, right? It's like, (laughs) hey, this is the plan and you just have to go with it. So, but like we said, y'all still do full-time jobs. Now, my husband is a teacher and I was a counselor for many, many years. And I know how school systems work. You don't get a lot of PTO because it's very structured time off, right? Like you have holidays and summer and all the things. So while the conference circuit for youth is pretty much all year long, I mean, there is heavy in the summer too, but how do you guys navigate when you get gigs and have to take time off from school? Like, what does that look like having a full-time job, especially in the education space and being a speaker at the same time? Yeah. Matt, you want this or you want me to take it? Oh, go for it, Phil. You're doing such a good job. Okay. You both are fabulous. Thanks. Matt is such a patient waiter of answering. And I'm always like, I don't want to jump ahead of you, brother. But I'm the big mouth. I like like we're establishing the ping pong approach. I finish one answer. You kick off the next. I like that flow, baby. I like the flow. (laughs) All right. I just want to make sure you feel valued and appreciated. I always do. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So you're absolutely right. There is a limited amount of time. So Matt and I are extremely lucky and and it's a good problem to have that we have to turn down gigs often because there just isn't enough time to do all those. So Matt and I, the only time we ever 
miss work for an actual gig is through, you know, our personal days, our personal time. So mm. that means we're extremely limited. So the cool thing about us being educators is that many of our clients will know, hey, we know you're in school. So tell me about a random made up holiday you have that we don't, or maybe we could bring you in, you know? So like for us and Brittany, I don't know if anyone by you guys near Peoria celebrate, but we have like Pulaski day, which Casimir Pulaski day yes. is, is in March. Yes, we do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Chicagoland yes. area is one of the largest Polish it's populations. Random. Yeah. So right. we, we have that day where most people like on the East coast do not, they don't even know what that day is. So it, we, we're lucky enough to work that way, but you're absolutely right. Bottom line, hands down, it just limits what we can do. So our majority of our gigs are on weekends and evening and then or, you know, on uh, winter break, spring break, things like that. So, yeah, if you're looking to be a full time speaker, it's not strongly recommended to be a full time educator if you're looking <laughs> to get a lot of gigs. But Matt and I had a critical mass point quite a few years ago where we said, all right, are we going all in? I mean, is this we could do this full time. Are we ready? And we both said that we didn't want to leave the education profession. We appreciated and enjoyed it too much. So we knew that as part of our speaking plan that, all right, well, that that's it then. We just have to accept the fact that we'll be limited to the amount of gigs. So Matt, what do we usually do between 20 and 30 gigs a year? Absolutely, Phil. And I feel like over our time speaking and building up a professional reputation. It has just been mind boggling and mind just altering the fact that there are so many different events, assemblies that work around our schedules in order to bring us in, mm -hmm. which makes us just so grateful and so appreciative. But so much of it has had to do with kind of working our way up and making sure that people knew what our mission was and knew how reliable we were as well. So it's been all part of it uh, for sure, Brittany, but uh, it's it's awesome that we're at the stage where, unfortunately, we do have to shut down a lot of offers, but we do get to pick which ones that we really feel would uh, we'd make the most impact at. Yes, I believe in the power of and how it can they can coexist, right? It doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Like you can work a full time job and still build a speaking business on the side because that's a, a lot of times people come to us the speaker lab or just people looking to speak in general or do anything else anything else at all they're like i can't do that because of this so it's it's like an or situation but the power of and is real so thank you for and 30 20 to 30 events is kind of significant like that that's a pretty high amount of gigs for for having to work around certain things or having people work around y'all which is super great i think that's it shows how much value that that you bring that they want to, you know, work around your schedule. And I think that's, that's really cool. So what, um, yes. So you get 20 to 30 gigs a year. That's fabulous. What is your process? Cause that's what we, we we're all about process here. Like I have a system, right? If you don't have a system or a process, like what are we doing? How do you consistently get booked and paid? Like what is your process for doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, basically what happens is if we get an email sent our way about uh, inquiring for our services, the first thing I like to do is instead of sending a dissertation of an email explaining what we do, a link to our website, right. our YouTube channel, 
the first thing I always like to do is arrange a phone call that I could have with the individual who's calling. I want them to know me. I want them to know that as obnoxious as I seem in the videos, I'm just as obnoxious on the phone when I speak with them. But I want them, yes. to, get the, I want them to get the organic vibe. So after I have that initial conversation, Following that, I would not mind taking a deeper dive into lengthy emails regarding our pricing, regarding our mission, links to other videos that we've done so they get a better vibe of who we are. But I feel like the human connection aspect of having a phone call or a Zoom with uh, a potential client sets the tone for everything from here on out. So that is my number one goal and mission whenever we have a new uh, business inquiry that comes our way via email. Yeah, and I would say that the best way we get new clients is anything. I mean, I was a wedding DJ for 10 years. It's the same thing. The The word of mouth and a recommendation from someone else is the 100% best way to get your next lead. So when we do well with clients and everything seems to be going smoothly, you know, we always ask for feedback. And if there's anyone they have in mind that they would like to introduce us to, or if we should reach out and just say, hey, we were here and we know you know them well, we just wanted to let you know we exist. So, you know, do some warm emails, but it really is. You kind of throw the net out wide in different ways. And then once they respond back, as Matt said, the number one thing for us is jumping on the phone is so much better because we do bring an energy that no matter what an email can't capture. And we want that human connection side. hundred percent. I'm, I always tell people, I'm like, if I can just get these people on the phone, yeah. like if I can just get them to meet me, you know, like just meet me, like just get on a zoom call with me. And I think that's so valuable. And that's where we really quote unquote sell ourselves as speakers. Like there has to be a connection. Cause I got to tell you, there was one particular call zoom call. I got on with somebody earlier this past year. And as soon as we got on the call, I was like, Oh, this is not a good fit. Yeah. Like I just knew like for me either. Right. I was like this energy exchange, it's not happening. Um, I recommend this other speaker, you know, I yeah. was like, yeah. it's yeah. just not, it's just not the vibe. Right. Like I'm just right. not, you know, no. And it's that that's okay. That's okay to say no. I think that's, yeah. that's great. So I think it's awesome. So give me, give me a piece of undervalued or underrated advice that you feel like the up and coming speaker or maybe the current speaker who's struggling or just looking for some inf inspiration. You know, what's the one piece of advice you're like, this is super underrated. And I'm like, you need to know this. Like, what is the one piece of advice that you would give these people? Number one, hands down, it's a rule that Phil and I live and die by the importance of consistency. If you say yes. that you are going to be sending out weekly posts of positivity or you are starting a new YouTube channel that you want to continue to capitalize on, people will pick up quickly on the fact if you are legit or not with your consistency and your professionalism with the word that you gave. So Phil and I are huge into consistency, follow through and making sure that you simply do what you say you're going to do because people pick up on that quite quite quickly. How about you, Phil? What would you say? I know that's been big on our list, my friend. Yeah, I would also say that you have to choose your words carefully with your potential clients. You need to be intentional. So if you say you're going to send a service invoice proposal or a contract in the next couple of days, don't send it out in two weeks. Be sincere. Right. And right. also, Matt and I also love to always under promise, over deliver. So Amen. if 
it, like, hey, we will get this contract to you in the next two weeks and then send it two days later. Rather have the extra time and then, oh, that was easy, got it too. And then another thing that I think is underrated but super important is the the more convenient and easy you can make it to book you, work with you, the the better it is for them. So we always are ending our emails with, if there's anything we can do to make this process smoother, more convenient, let us know. Would you like an invoice and a contract or one or the other? What's best mm-hmm. for you? Uh, I know that you're going to need the 1099. Instead of you having to deal with it, do you have the email of HR? We'd be happy to call them and work with them. The more you can take off their plate and know that, hey, we're here, we're on your team. We're here to make this as easy as possible for you so you can do the job that you're meant to do, not just book us, but plan an entire event. The more you can let them know that you support them and whatever you need, I think that is something that they totally appreciate, whether they realize it or not. But often, Matt, I would say people always go, oh, my gosh, thanks for responding so quick. Oh, my gosh, thanks for taking care of that. And we think, well, of course, you're you're our client. Why wouldn't we take care of you? But it sounds like occasionally some people don't do that. Uh, so sure. that is hands down. Watch what you say and promise timeline wise, because you always, always want to meet that. And if you don't, because occasionally things come up or happen, then we own it. Hey, sorry, we sure. said we'd get this to you in a week. Unfortunately, it was after that. We just wanted to own that. We still value you. Let us know if you have any questions. So, you know, we'll be honest and transparent. I love it. I'm all about consistency is key. Like, I think a lot of times when people start, especially in their prospecting phase of becoming speakers, they, you know, a couple weeks in or a couple months in, they're like, well, this isn't working. And they're like, how is it? How is it working for you? Like, how are you getting booked and paid? And I always tell them the same thing. And like, the only difference between me and you right now is I keep doing the things even when it's not getting a response, even when it's not happening, consistency will win over like that hard initial effort, right? Like that hard initial effort and then coasting consistency is key. And I I love what you said. I'm a firm believer in being the easiest speaker that people work with. Like I want to be the easiest speaker that you work with. Even when I'm at the event, like, or I'm coming down my pre-event meeting, I'm like, do you need me to stop at Walmart? Do you need any, like anything at all? Like, what can I get for you? And they're like, totally taken aback by that but i'm like i'm out like do you need anything so i just like to make sure that i'm supporting the event not just you know showing up to speak and then you know potentially leaving so i think that's fabulous and there's so much value in that with the roi in terms of like because like you said your referral business right people talk people see you they want to they want to connect with you and these are the types of things that i would want a decision maker to say about me not that i just delivered a good product or a good service, but the fact that like, oh, t- t- the things that she did off the stage, right? Because mm-hmm. what we do on stage as speakers is like 5% of our job. Like people right. think that's like 90%. That is so the smallest part of what we do, right? Yes. It's like, yes. that's the fun stuff. But like it really, when we get off stage, that's that's when we really start to work. And I think, but it's enjoyable. You know, it doesn't feel like like work. And I, I love mm-hmm. that. So tell us your most random, funniest, awkward speaking moment it can be on stage it can be conversation it can be a thing what is the most random funniest thing that has ever happened that was awkward and uncomfortable or whatever all the things well the first one that comes to my mind phil and i feel like this is a great lesson (laughs) for uh potential speakers and people who are entering 
the speaking world. Phil and I did a presentation in a small town in Wisconsin at a school, and we were just desperate to create a new keynote presentation. And we dug deep and we dug deep. And we came upon the topic of appropriate social media use. We spent hours on top of hours building a presentation, building a presentation. And by the time we were done building it, we knew we had to go with it. But in our guts, we knew this was not authentic. This was not genuine. This was not organic. Mm -hmm. We promised something, but we knew it wasn't us. We knew it was going to fail. And Mm. I kid you not, we get to that school, we deliver the presentation. And Brent, it was one of those where if we presented for 60 minutes, after the first 10 minutes, we were just closing our eyes, hoping to get through this as quick as humanly possible. It was not well received. We were not happy with the product. And it was a miserable experience all based off the fact that we spoke on something that we were not genuine and authentic and organic about in terms of a mission. So, Phil, that's what came yeah. to my mind first, and it was terrible. <sighs> wow. Oh, I remember it so well, too. The group really <laughs> wanted this topic, and we really liked the group. So we're like, yeah, we could make that work. And that was the last time we ever said that as opposed to, you know what? No, that's not what we speak about. But let's yeah. help you find someone who does. Mm. Let's be that helper. And, you know, but you learn through failure. And that was definitely one of those moments. And Matt, that was pretty early on in our speaking. So I'm glad mm. we learned that sooner than later. But yeah, man. Um, and then I would say Matt and I love to get high. Yeah. Oh, like I don't even like talking <laughs> about it. I I'm like sweating it. thinking oh, about it. Oh, I'm like a, cringe, like all a, the things. What a rough night. Yeah. So another one was sometimes, you know, we do a lot of energetic, interactive stuff. We like to create like the uh, M&P band uh, where we bring people up with different instruments. And <laughs> man, you know, what, luckily when Matt and I speak, when someone's on, like Matt's on a heater, his one liners are quick. You know, luckily, like if someone's <laughs> off one night, usually one of us rises to the occasion and and totally syncs up with the audience. And one night we were in front of peers that we knew some and we were extra energetic and I was a hot mess. I dropped (laughs) my sticks and drumming. I took a swig of water and I had like a white shirt and like the water went all over my front of my shirt. It was like a wet t-shirt. It was just a hot mess. And I remember thinking like, oh man, this I hope this gets done sooner than later. But luckily, that's the one nice thing, an extra nice thing about when you're a speaking duo is what one of us might be just not at 100 percent. You know, Matt just turns it up to 130 percent and kind of carried the whole show. while I was just walking around with hard nips and a white (laughs) T-shirt. I just there's a lot to unpack in both of these yeah. situations. There's just a lot. Yeah, I love it. Uh, I don't love it for y'all in either situation, yeah. but I love yeah. the the ownership and the honesty that y'all were talking about. Mm-hmm. I, you know, that's a really good lesson. To to your point, Matt, we you know we hear all the time like people want to speak so badly that they say yes to anything and everything. Yeah, even if it's not their forte. But you know, we try really hard to push on people like people people hire specialists, not generalists. And it's okay to be, I mean, many times 
I mean, just because I speak on mental health, people automatically think that I can talk on all things that encompass mental health. And I'm like, I actually don't do that. But here's a speaker that does. I mean, just like you said, this, the speaking industry is amazing because like you can be so authentically yourself. And when you are not, everyone knows, like it is so apparent. It's through your energy. It's through your personality. Like it just bleeds like this is not this person. So I'm, I mean, I'm so glad you guys actually said that story here too. Cause I'm sure a lot of people listening are going to be like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah. Cause it's really hard to think I got to lean into this one thing that I specialize in. And to your point, Phil, um, I don't speak in a speaking duo. So the one, one, one situation I was driving to a conference here in Illinois through CGTI, which y'all know. And I was, I was keynoting that day is the drive to Bloomington is like an hour on the way there. I started getting the back of my neck was starting to sweat. I started to feel like crap. I was like, Oh my God, I'm getting the flu. My voice is starting to go. I'm like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I'm just like, how is this happening? So as soon as I get there, I feel terrible, like absolutely terrible. I'm sweating. I'm like, how am I going to get through this? I don't know how it happens, but I'm always like adrenaline takes over, right? Like you get on stage. It's like Michael Jordan in the finals. Like you got the flu. You're on stage. The show must go on, right? It's literally tattooed on my arm. The show must go on always. (laughs) And, uh, I was telling Grant this story and he literally said that he just shook his head. He's like, show must go on, Brittany. I'm like, listen, as soon as I got off stage, I walked up to Ashley and y'all know, Ashley, I held her by the shoulders and I was like, I need to leave. I think I'm dying. And she just started laughing. And I was miserable. I was sick for like five weeks after that. It was unreal. I was like, I don't know how we got through it, but we got through it. So would have been nice to have another person there at that time yep. to pick up the sleep. Where's where's the Pippin to my, you know, for my sure. Jordan? Everybody needs a Pippin. Mm-hmm. For sure. Oh my gosh. Okay. So scenario time. I'm going to give you guys a scenario. It's a scenario that happened to me. So And what I like to do here is see how you would respond to the situation. Mm. Okay. So I was just at an event uh, in Florida and to the PowerPoint comment we had earlier um, when we were talking, I was sound check. So I'm there in the hall talking to the sound guys and they're like, I'm like, okay, let's run through the slides, make sure things good to go. And the audio guy and video guy was like, you have slides. And I was like, Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, yep. Definitely sent those like three weeks ago. And he's like, and I'm first of all, I'm being super kind, right? I'm like, yeah, there's slides. It's fine. So he's like, yeah, let me pull those up. And then he pulled them up, but it was like the Mac version and all the things. And it wasn't, he's like, I can't get them up. And I'm like, and I wasn't wearing a stretchy fabric. So I was starting to like breathe really heavily. And I'm like, I can't breathe. You know? <laughs> so I like walked to the decision maker who is a good friend. And I was like, trying not to panic. I just want to let you know that the slides won't open. And uh, so the whole situation was really framed around the idea that like the the audio guy and the video guy just didn't have my slides, right? So I was kind of like, how are we here at Soundcheck and like nobody has my stuff, you know? So what would you do in that situation if you showed up to an event and they did not have your presentation? Because I've seen your presentation. There's a lot of visuals in there. So we need it. Yeah. So um Yes, we know we want to be the easiest speaker that people work with. So we're always super kind and grateful, obviously. It doesn't mean we're not panicking internally. So how would you handle a situation when you didn't have your visuals? Easy. Uh, In one word, I would just say, Phil. And then Phil usually... (laughs) And then Phil usually... (laughs) Phil usually takes care of it. 
I don't know how it's happened, but he, um, I don't know if it's his Boy Scout history, his DJ work with technology. This man could take basically a roll of duct tape and then put on like a full visual show with LCD screens. My God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, yeah. So I think that what Matt's saying is that we always have a backup computer. We nice. always have uh, our slides in PDF format and PowerPoint format in our G drive so that mm. we can always uh, we can always download it. And a, a couple times I've even gone to our audio tech people and said, do you mind if we just plug in my personal laptop just for for this part oh, and then nice. I'll help you unplug. So I, you know, he's just become part of the AV team. So that, but again, as Matt said, with my experience with DJing, I've run into a lot of weird technology snafus, snafus. So I always have a bunch of different backups. And then we've even been to a places where in the contract, it said, you know, you need a projector and screen. And then we got there and it was a huge event. And the guy's like, oh, no one ever asked for a screen. So there wasn't even a screen. So luckily, Matt and I always go quite early. So we went mm -hmm. backstage and started cutting things so that only audio, no visuals would be. And we had to change. Luckily, though, we've been doing it long enough where if we had to ad lib in things that we, we can do that. But I know that a lot of people recommend I think Grand Baldwin, including that if you rely on PowerPoints and slides, then right. you're doing it wrong. And I wholeheartedly understand what he's saying, but I also know that youth and the modern yes. learner need different types of stimulation to stay involved. So I agree that adults can handle it, but I would argue that youth have a harder time if there isn't an occasional visual or audio soundbite or video with you, that unfortunately storytelling alone doesn't keep the audience engaged as much as it used to. Yeah, I think like that's the only reason I use PowerPoint is like pictures, right? Like visuals and y'all do a lot of this too. It's just to close that loop for these youth, right? Like I could tell you about my high school experience, but let me show you what a hot mess express this was also, right? Like it's a nice little, for like you said, the layered learner, like who learns different ways and bring them into that experience with you. And yeah, yeah so that that's perfect. I, I'm super grateful for my event planner that she was able to pull it off. She did pull it off. So I had my slides. She was, she literally was like, I got this girl. And I'm like, I knew that I wasn't panicked. And I walked away and I was like, <laughs> I was like, ah. it's fine. This is fine. This is the last event of the year. So of course this would happen, right? Like mm -hmm. that's a thing. That's a thing. So, um, what is y'all's favorite part about being professional speakers? Like, mm. what is your favorite part of like going to an event speaking? Like, what is the one thing that you're like, this fills me up. This lights up my life. I would Matt, say, you want to go that? yes. Yeah. Phil, I would say Brittany, uh, following a presentation, there's nothing better than if a staff member comes up to us and says, you know, that student that you got up on stage, we haven't heard a peep out of them all semester. And here they're up doing a ribbon dance, doing a bird call, dancing with a mannequin, stepping outside of their comfort zone. To us, that gives us the assurance that that individual taking that healthy risk, that could put them on a whole different trajectory in their life simply by taking a healthy risk. That is by far my favorite part of speaking publicly. Yeah. I, you, I always, I think the same exact thing when someone says, I cannot believe 
you got that kid <laughs> to do that. And and there's a bunch of different reasons that they say that, but it's always positive. And it means a lot to us because it's, you know, you think, well, all right, maybe we made, we planted that seed. Maybe they're going to look at life slightly differently and maybe they're going to start taking some more chances and taking control of their life. So absolutely. I mean, what a rewarding feeling. Absolutely. I think is it that's why I try to reframe it for these new up and coming speakers. I'm like, it's about the audience, not about you. Right. right. And like my favorite and there's documentation of this, but my favorite moment are the conversations with the students off the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. And to, you know, the hugging and the crying and just hearing them say, like, I didn't know someone else felt like me or like you worded it a certain way that like nobody understood. Like, like that is the moment I needed as a teenager to say that to someone. So, and I was working with a, a, another youth speaker the other day and, you know, she was just like, it's, she was really struggling, right? She's really struggling. She's like trying to get out there. She's like doing all the things. And I'm like, you're going to have that conversation with that student. That's going to change, change your life. Cause she had not such great feedback from a keynote, you know, and, um, at an event. And I, there were other circumstances that made it not so great, but I was like, it's not you. But I was like, listen to these conversations. Like when you step on stage, like part of your pre-event ritual, like look back at some of the testimonials these students have said to you, these things they have said because of you, they are different now. Like, and every time you let fear or imposter syndrome or something or a negative review, cause it's so much easier to be negative than positive, right? Like feed your soul. Like we're keeping that message from somebody who needs it. And there's, there's so much power in that. And I, I love that. Gentlemen, y'all are fabulous human beings. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you after this? <laughs> we are on every avenue of social media. If you search the hashtag MP, the number two, D-A-Y, so hashtag MP today, you will find us everywhere. Our website is mppresentations.com. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, you name it. Uh, we're out there spreading positive vibes and positivity, and we would love the opportunity to work with you. You, your school, your organization to lift you up and celebrate life. Yeah. And to all of the speakers out there, if you ever need to brainstorm or just connect with fellow speakers just to make acquaintances, you know, Matt and I are always open to that. Feel free to just look us up, email. We'd love to do a virtual coffee. And it's just great to learn about other people putting good out into the world. And the bigger we make our network, the bigger we make our family, the more positive impact we can have on the world. So sincerely, don't be shy. We're here to support and serve just as much as anyone else. I love it. I love it. Matt, Phil, y'all are amazing. I'm super grateful to be chasing the path and walking alongside y'all in this process. Life changers and lifesavers you are, my friends, and I'm so grateful to know you truly, truly. Well, everyone, this is another episode for you. Please tell us all the feedback that you have. You know I love hanging out with you, and I love it when you show up with me. I'm super grateful for that. Gentlemen, so great to see you. Everyone listening, we'll see you next time. Have a great time. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. Hi, friend. Are you ready to get serious about taking your speaking business to the next level? Maybe you are someone who is looking for ways to book more paid gigs, or maybe you're trying to figure out all the different things that go into building a successful speaking business. Or perhaps you are an experienced speaker who wants to scale your speaking business to multiple six figures. If that's you, I'd encourage you to visit thespeakerlab.com slash call. Again, thespeakerlab.com slash call and book a free, no obligation call with our team.
And if you're not quite ready to take that leap, I don't want you to hesitate in checking out all the free resources that we have available to you on our website, including this podcast. So head over to thespeakerlab.com. Again, thespeakerlab.com. Find hundreds of blog posts, how-to guides, podcast episodes, email scripts, proposal templates, and so much more. Finally, I got a big favor. I would love for you to leave us a rating or review for this podcast. We read every single one, and it also helps other speakers find valuable free resources that they can use to build their own speaking careers. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.